I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> Today looking for Carson backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi y'all, welcome to Five Strike Final. The only has should be all the discussions discussing all things Atlanta United. I'm Jason Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from. Dirty South Soccer is also here. Say hey, Joe. Oh, boy. That was awesome. That was fun. That was fun that was for good. the parts I could see before they got completely blacked out because it rained in middle Georgia and because it's middle Georgia. Technology hasn't advanced past 1995 and the satellite went out. So tell me about this. Describe the scene. So I'm in a bar, right? And I have definitely sobered up by now enough to do this H-Dad. Completely. Was it like a full bar? Like what? what no, no, no. There's like here? there's like five of us. Yes. Um, okay. And I've asked to put the game on. I've got a beer in front of me. I've got a nice Caesar salad in front of me. I've got my computer as well at the bar, right? And I'm watching the game, and people are like kind of interacting with me about the game as well. And I see old people I know from school that are also at the bar. And they were trying to interact with me while I'm trying to watch the game. I'm trying to be polite and talk to them while mm-hmm. still doing my job, right? Uh, and and the TV goes out because it starts raining. It starts raining in middle Georgia. And rain is bad for satellites because, again, middle Georgia technology has not progressed past 1995. Yeah, it's got to find the next satellite. Exactly. Exactly, or however and that it works. Searches and it searches and it searches and it never seems to find it. And it, it didn't find it until well after the second goal of the night. At the very least, we can still be happy that it was a 2 nothing win for Atlanta United in this one over the Philadelphia Union. Sure, so, I didn't see the second goal, but still, a nice win. Uh, one of our loyal, dedicated staff members, writers on, on, the, on, the, on the Dirty South soccer team, Sydney Hunt, stepped Isn't up and, oh, and filled shit, in for you. Me. And... I will be honest, I am kind of uh, ready to just give it to him full time after what happened while he was uh, at the helm. I mean, like, he only had, like, the best moment in club history to tweet about. Was it really that good? It, it was amazing. I, I have seen the gif. It is, it is a good goal. It is a good goal. Is it the best goal in club history? I feel like y'all might be overreacting just to spite me a little bit. And I'm a little offended by that. You're right. Tito versus Orlando was better. Yes, Mainly because it, it was Orlando. Right. And it was like, pretty good. Let's it face good. it. Like the DSS staff could score against Philadelphia. <laughs> Probably. Well, thank Maybe. God they couldn't hit a broadside of a barn against us. Otherwise, it may not have been so, you know, so easy for us. No, this was a weird one. This was a weird one. Starting in the first half, a whole lot of chances for both teams. There was one chance in particular that stood out for me for uh, Boric Dolge call who, I mean, uh, a pullback for him. He was right at the yes, penalty spot. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yep. And, I mean, skied the bar by about 15, 30 feet. Yeah. They weren't even putting anything on frame. I think they had 11 shots in the first half and one on target, I want to say. That's exactly like right. 11 shots, one on target yeah. for them, six shots for us, two on target, though, 
for the five stripes. Uh, a couple of good chances for us as well. Uh, Zeke had a great chance at one point, but his shot got blocked. Uh, there were a few moments there that it seemed like it, it very easily could have been us on top first. Uh, mm-hmm. At one point, it could have been like 13 to 8 by the end of the first half. It was a silly, silly, silly first half, to say the very yeah. least. Both teams had their chances for sure in the first half, and it wasn't necessarily because it was like good soccer being played, <laughs> but it was very entertaining soccer because it was just so helter skelter. Terrible passes being made in midfield created lots of counterattacking chances for both teams. Yeah, which created just great chances at, at both ends against both goalies. So, um, is, but yeah, no one could finish. This is what happens when you get a team who's played three games in one week uh, against a team playing two 19 year old center backs who are just not all that talented to begin with, you know, trying to do their best to survive against one of the best teams in the league who are still playing on short rest. So you just get the silliness hits them. The silliness hits everybody. And it was, it was quite wonky. It was quite, quite wonky throughout the entire thing. It was like that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when they are deciding whether or not to go to Camelot and they decide that Camelot is in fact a silly place if you were deciding whether or not to, to go in depth into this game, you would you would decide not to because this game this game is a silly place. Yeah, this is not one to um, yeah break down the get out the chalkboards and break down the tactics. It was not that kind of a game. It was just kind of a go out there and make plays when you get chances because they're just both teams were just going to be were they did gift the other teams opportunities and it was just which team was going to capitalize. And, you know, for for all the finishing struggles that Lenny United has had this season, and, you know, we still had some in this game. You talked about Barco kind of missing a great opportunity um, when he just kind of shot, he delayed, he stalled, he stalled. Gorgeous he ball from Joseph players. there, too. Yes, yes. Joseph really, he had some great playmaking tonight, honestly. Yes. Um, his passing was really nice, but then he was also getting on the end of, of things. Um, but the team, I, I feel like with him in that kind of role, like being more of a passer. I, that's when I love to watch this team. I mean, I know that we all love to watch Joseph Martinez score goals, but I always feel like the team flows the best in the attack when he gets involved like that mm-hmm. and drops a little deep and get, he, he kind of builds confidence. You can kind of see it when it happens early in the game, when things start coming off for him like that, uh, he wants to do it more and more. So, um, yeah, I just love the way we were playing tonight, even though it wasn't like great soccer. It was just really fun to watch. Yeah, it didn't quite pay off until the 58th minute when Leandro Gonzalez Perez plays maybe the best pass oh, of so his good. career. Goes outstep. It was almost a Travella, I guess. I guess you could still call it that, even though it wasn't a shot. But he goes yeah. with the outside of his foot and plays it in to Miggy, who just takes off past his 19 year old center backs we talked about and sprints to the 18 yard box. Andre Blake comes out, who had been extremely extremely good and annoying up until that point. He, he had saved a few goals. A As few he easy tends goals. to be. Right, yeah. exactly. We talked about him in the preview show. We were expecting him to be annoying as ever. He proved us every bit right. Uh, but this time, Miggy in on gold one-on-one. Blake takes him down in the box. Uh, if you take someone down in the box, uh, it's not an automatic red, despite it being a dog zone. Uh, it can be a yellow plus another yellow for the the denial of a goal scoring opportunity, but um, in this case, it was just the denial of a goal scoring opportunity that earned him the yellow. 
but still, at the very least, it's a penalty for Miguel Almiron. Uh, he goes down. Joseph steps up to take it and finishes it. He takes the hop this time, Joseph Patrick. And it's his 18th of the year. He now leads the Golden Boot race by seven. Whenever I see the hop, I'm just like, oh, no. And then, <laughs> but he always seems to make them after that. Um, he puts them like right in the corner, too. It's crazy how precise he is with those. Yeah, uh, you, I'm not sure think, if we have the stats on that, but I bet he's only missed yeah. one this year. You would think with like that huge sudden movement that there would be like some the he would they would be a little more imprecise, but they always seem to go like right into one of the corners. Um so yeah, good goal for Joseph. Glad it gets his goal scoring tally up. And it looks like, you know, it's almost doesn't it feel like it's like kind of surprising if he doesn't score at this point in a game, you know? It's like you just kind of assume he's going to get at least one. At least one. Exactly. Exactly. And we talked about it a bit with the Dallas show, but that game was the only time he's ever scored in our club's history. And we've lost. So this one gets us back on track. Elena United now 19, one loss, four draws in the history of Joseph Martinez scoring in games. Just take that in for a moment because that's pretty, pretty freaking incredible, to be honest. I mean, it's we're probably we're probably in record territory if he doesn't get hurt. Yes, absolutely. Last year, maybe even then, you know, uh, and he hasn't shown any signs of going down. This year, knock on wood, uh, we certainly don't want to jinx that because we've I mean, been known to jinx a few things. Think about it this way. He had uh, – he was what? What's the record? 27 or 26? The record is 27 by Bradley Wright Phillips, Stern John, and – Roy Lasseter. No, Roy it's not Lasseter. John. It's not Stern John. Uh, Bradley it's Roy Wright Phillips then. Uh, oh, it's Wondolowski. Wondolowski. Wondolowski, of course. And yeah. then Stern um, John, Roy Laster, who like convinced me they're not the same person. You can't. So think about it this way. Joseph Joseph uh, missed the record last year by set by what? Eight goals. And he missed like three months of the season. Maybe maybe like four months because he after he came back from his injury, then he then he missed like a bunch more time. He had a, he had a foot injury. So uh, um, his goal scoring rate, his pace is unbelievable. He's like almost at a goal per game. I think they showed, I think Darren Eels, he retweeted some stat of Joseph Martinez's goal scoring rate amongst, you know, like the, the best players in the world um, or the top goal scoring rates uh, around the world. And Joseph is like fifth uh, in all the leagues with, um, you know, 0.95. I think it was at the time goals per game. So I guess that's gone up a little bit since he scored this tonight. So yeah, yeah, he's incredible. For sure. For sure. That actually comes back to one of the questions we had for one of our listeners uh, at Matt Lana, Matt Solo Dolo on Twitter. Uh, hold, on, says, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I just hear an electric guitar turn on? No, 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 no. It was an acoustic guitar that I have next to me that I like to play sometimes. Okay, okay. I've also got, what do I have here? I have a melodica in here. I've got a mandolin and I've got a, a piano in here as well. So anytime you want to just burst out in the song, Joe Patrick, we can we can run that from, from my room. Yes, that's actually been me playing that drop the entire time. I bet you guys didn't know that. Um, but <laughs> Matt Solodolo uh, was asking, uh, is just going to break the record. He's got 14 games left to do it, 18 goals already. The re- again, the record is 27. Uh, I, I think the answer to will he break the record seems like a hard yes at this point. Uh, he also asked, will he get to 30? Um, that's a little more iffy, but it, it's going to be hard to stop him from doing it in 14 games. Yeah, I think um... – 
like I said, you can never tell with injuries, and that can obviously derail these these types of things. But I would say if he plays all the games, I would bet my house on it. To be honest, don't do that because I'm terrible gambling record. (laughs) But um, yes, I I do think he will do it if he plays. No man, you've been you've been you've been to Westchester. You've been to the real hard game. Yeah, I did. You know? <laughs> yes, I have. You've been gambling with El Senio. You know how to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> don't smoke. Don't he, was smoke he was smoking in the casino. He was still wearing his. He was still oh, wearing he, his. He was uh, smoking from like Swisher Sweets. You know, yeah. like El Senio was crushing it, and like some white New Balances. Uh, fortunately, El Senio did not score on us, even though he. I think he had a couple opportunities. No, but he was fire tonight. Yes. <laughs> he was incredible. He was tearing Mikey Ambrose a new one. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. Mikey's like a Boy Scout in the Mikey sense that was, he's always prepared. He was Mikey, not prepared to make not prepared. Senior. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, fortunately, it still worked out for us. Uh, Philadelphia does not score. Uh, in like the minute Atlanta United scores, uh, I have no idea what it was or what minute it was. I, I have put out a gif about it, but besides that, I don't really know. Uh, what it is, Joe Patrick? Would you like to describe Atlanta United's second goal? Take my spot for a second. Um, I mean, I don't even know what happened. It was all a blur. It was all a blur. There was a lot of passing, and then when I thought Miguel Almiron was going to shoot and score, um, he passed it again, and then Tito scored. It was it was incredible. There was it. It started all the way from the back. I mean, it was just like quick passing. Everyone was taking one touch, moving it. One touch, moving it. Um, yeah, it was terrific. It was terrific. And uh, I will. I just wanted to say about Mikey Ambrose, it really reminded me of myself playing rec league um, because I always feel like I get stuck in a situation where I'm going against the crazy <laughs> guy who's playing on the other team and he's uh-huh. just trying stuff. And then usually what happens is like I get megged really early in the game and that gives that guy, El Sino, a lot of a lot of confidence to just keep doing it. <laughs> and uh sure yeah and then it's just a matter of just trying to maintain my dignity right right oh yeah but the goal was good that was sorry i was just i just had that you got off track mind. and like I, I think you were sharing your personal moment there i was i was that's I was. okay that's okay but yeah the goal was amazing it was i mean like i said it wasn't it's totally different than the goal that was scored in in Orlando obviously and i guess it just kind of depends on which one you think was better i'm talking about the Tito goal in Orlando last year obviously it just kind of depends on what kind of goal you like to be honest for me i do love just like a long cracking shot from like 30 yards like i just love that um and so i tend to favor those goals but like in terms of team goals this is the best team goal Atlanta United has scored Probably oh, ever. Wait. I can't imagine. I lost. I lost signal for like eight minutes, and this happens. This happens. If y'all have ever needed proof that God, that she just like doesn't want nothing to do with me, there you go. She hates me. It's great. It's great. There we go, folks. That's kind of how the, That's the way the cookie sometimes. crumbles. I know, Jeff. God dang it. God, why am I not in charge of the drops? <sighs> What's our next anyway. question? What's our next question? Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the rest of these. Uh, a good question here from Allison Schwab of the SS. Uh, yes. At Allie G ATL. Ask one of Barco's best performances of the season so far, in my opinion, especially on the first touch. But what does he need to improve on the most? And I, I want to go ahead and just say right off the bat, I think it's making quick decisions. I think he 
it is not – I don't even think it's patience. I think he's just kind of indecisive sometimes. And we saw it on that goal or the, the goal that should have been, I guess. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's just – it's almost like it's a betting at first it felt like a betting in thing like you know trying to decide where the runs were going to come from where the ball was going to come from where the, his teammates were going to move when he was running with the ball that kind of thing now i just feel i feel like he has a better grasp of that and now he just kind of it's like he needs to let instinct take over and it's not taking over yet so i think like once that happens i think that we'll see a new player but I thought he was better, especially in the second half. He was actually really good. First half was a struggle for Barco. Um, yeah. The good thing is that like he can always, you can always kind of give the ball to him, and he can. Like, he's got such a great first touch. He can usually he's good in possession in that way. Like when he's not trying to like run at someone in the final third. If it's just during the build up portion of it, he's pretty good at you know retaining the ball and keeping the ball. Um, so that's good. He does some of the basics well, but he just needs. Well, he he does some of the basics very poorly as well. Like he has. He had some bad giveaway passes tonight. He'll just try an ambitious pass that is uh, has very low reward and it's high risk. Mm-hmm. Like that, so, like some of those decisions, he just needs to clean up. But that's what I think. I, that's where I think like the instinct thing will take over. Like once he just gets the instinct and the like, it's not even confidence because I, I was thinking about this. He's like, is it a lack of confidence with Barco? I don't think it is because like there was a free kick opportunity tonight and he stepped up over Jeff Lorenowitz and took this free kick from. Um, you know, 30 yards out and, you know, obviously he didn't score, but you wouldn't expect him to score. But it was just like, I I liked actually seeing him taking that, that shot for himself and not kind of deferring to some to a veteran because I feel like that he's done that a lot. And he also wears white boots, which tells you that he's not lacking in confidence. Right. I bought white boots today. I'm really proud of myself for wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Stepping up the world, but. You know, it, did you get the new? Did you get the, the the Nike ones that they that they that these guys are wearing? No, they're Adidas. They were cheap. They were on sale. I'm gonna tell uh, you, yeah. Well, then they're definitely not the ones these players are wearing. No, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, but I still felt pretty confident. I wish Zeke would have that kind of confidence. You know, I think it'll uh, grow. Just I mean, pull the damn like, trigger, kid. Yeah, he's 19. I mean, and I know that that sounds like a cop out, but right, it's a real it, thing. And someone brought this up too. I was making fun of Philadelphia's 19-year-old center backs for doing 19-year-old center backs thing, you know. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. making fun of a 19-year-old. Sounds familiar. And I was like, to be fair, those 19-year-old center backs did not cost $15 million, you know. And so that's where I think some of the, the criticism is warranted. But at the same time, you do have to remember, he is just 19. It is just MLS. You know, we, we can't expect him to be a world beater. Not quite yet. Yeah, and I I really hate talking about his transfer value. I know it's like a a running joke in my own head of like when Rob Ushery is going to uh, bring up his transfer value. Yeah, but see, Rob Ushery's been that saucy about every game. <laughs> that's saucy just, as hell. He's been spicy. That's just that's just Rob, but um. I just think it's just so foolish to think about that because obviously they didn't buy him expecting him to be the best player in the league. If they, if that's how transfer values work, then that's what you would expect. And that's obviously not what the plan is here. Um, I will, you know, and that's not to say I don't think he's been quite poor in some games. Um, He like overall for my expectation, he hasn't really lived up to my expectation, but that's not to say that like, I don't value what he's bringing to the table. I think he's actually, 
um, done a lot of good things as well. It's just for it's sure. going to be a little longer in the development for him, kind of getting him ramped up and caught up to full speed with the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would completely agree. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we've already talked about Matt's question. Let's move on to a question from at Warren Eagle. Uh, first off, um, I like to ride my truck. Auburn sucks. Uh, second off, he asked, Escobar's best game this year, question mark. Was it Joe Patrick? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I was doing a lot of writing during the game. I mean, I, I'll i be I, no, I He got a lot of crap after the Dallas game. I didn't think he was that bad. I didn't, no, I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, I, there was a mistake he made at the end, uh, positioning. But so and did I everyone did, else. Right, right, exactly. And so, well, I don't want to go back to that goal. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's fine. I think he's great. I think he's an upgrade over what we had last year at, at that position whether you're mm-hmm. talking about walks or you're talking about mirrors. Um, yeah. Like I think he's really, I, he's really establishing himself in the side. He definitely seems like so much more comfortable than he did, you know, earlier in the season. And God dang that boy handsome. God dang. Yeah. Before he cut his hair, before he buzzed his head, he looked, and before Paulo Dybala gave himself like a, uh, Fury Road, Mad Max type look. Um, <laughs> they looked identical. They are they are like the same person. Uh, gotcha. I, I had <laughs> no idea that the the D ball looked like um, that looked like uh, Imperial for Yosef from from Mad Max Fury Road. I need, have I you need seen his new out. hair? Is like I have not. Oh, I guess well, there's no hair to see though. There's a character in it who likes like huffs like silver paint or something constantly. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I know. And, like that's the color of his hair. Yeah. Oh, interesting. His, his hair is like silver. It's like Cisco. I thought you were saying like he was like Charlie Theron in that. Oh movie, no! But I guess that's <laughs> a completely different thing. Um, no, he went like the other way. He's like gone. He's gone like crazy person looking hair. Gotcha. Color at least. Gotcha. But uh, either way, Franco Escobar still handsome as hell. God dang. God dang. I'm sure. I'm sure Robin Sagini will back us up on that for sure. Except she loves Tito. But we could talk about which Argentine is, is the most handsome on this team for, for, for hours. Quite by frankly. the way, by the way, is the KT tape like holding K, uh, Tito's leg onto his body? He looks like he has like a bionic. Uh, he looks like he has a bionic leg with all the strapping he has on his knee. I mean, he does have a bionic leg, but I'm not sure if it's the KT tape that is uh, making that happen. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, that was a yeah. random. No, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Let's move on. Our next question comes from at Atlanta Sports 12. He says, can we stop putting two players over the ball for corner kicks? Seems like a waste of an attacker. 95% of the time. And look, no one ever scores on corners unless you're England. <laughs> like, if, yeah. if you look at the stats, like, no one scores on corners, guys. Let's, let's, let's take a step back for a moment and realize – and I say this again for the, the third time literally in the span of a minute here. No one ever scores on corners. Ever. So, look, we, we can complain about the short corners all we want. We can go back to last year. 
and start complaining about the short corners and keep complaining about short corners until we get to now and we're still complaining about the short corners because what else can we do besides complaining about the short corners when you have the best team in the league? Let me just say, I don't think I don't think we have any issue with like not having enough attacking players in the box on a corner. The entire team. I would say, if you want to take that guy, and that's if you want to take the the second guy that's near the ball on the on the corner kick and move him like to the halfway line for a more defensive. Then I I mean, okay, I I could get on board with that, but I'm not concerned with getting more guys in the box. No, not at all. We have plenty in there. Plenty. And it's, it's not like th- those guys that are standing by the corner, like they probably wouldn't be, you know, finishing on a on a header from a quarter anyway. So and not and not to be dismissive because the aesthetics of it can be frustrating because it's different. Yeah. And yeah. when things are different, we tend to freak out, especially in sports. Um, but it frankly doesn't change change anything. You know, speaking of corners, I need to look this up. I, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time. I just haven't done it. But our Atlanta United success rate from corners, to me, feels high, actually. I feel like we school, we are actually quite successful from corners. Uh, I know, really? like I feel like, I mean. Relative? Compared, compared, yes, relative to, like, the average. Like, okay. not not the best. Um, but, like, I just constantly hear the the crapping on the, on the short corners. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think they're that bad. I mean, I don't think they're probably that great, but I don't think they're bad. I mean, I think they're, I, if I had to guess, I would say we're probably slightly above average on our corner kick rate, but I'll do some research and we'll get back to that um, on one of the future age dads. We're definitely bad at defending them. Yes. For yes. sure. We, we talked about that with, bad. that's just the nature of our team. Like our tallest players, like t- six feet tall. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's probably like LGP and Miguel Almiron are probably like our tallest. And they're players. not that tall. I, I'm a, I'm a healthy five eleven, and like, they're definitely not bigger than me. Yeah. You know? LGP is honestly, he's like shorter in person. He, he like, is, he looks bigger he's on the much field. Shorter in person. Yeah. That's very true. Very, very true. Let's, let's move on. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, this one comes from at Gabe, who's a total dick, and ask, thoughts on Trey Young's summer league performance so far? Gabe, go to hell. That's all I'm saying about Gabe. He's been Gabe. awful. He's been awful. It's and don't give, any of this, don't give me any league. of this stuff about this assist he had tonight. It was yeah, an average assist. assist. Yeah, because I saw some highlight of like you know the eyes emoji about Trey, like this assist by Trey Young, and he like he like faked going, he like jumped up and like he was going up for a layup or a dunk or something, and then just like dropped uh-huh. a little bounce pass to a trailer. Uh huh. It wasn't that great. Okay. Stupid, whatever, Hawks. While we're talking about other sports, Jake Fromm, stay away from lakes. Let's move on. This next one comes from Ben Morales, my good friend Ben Morales, who I who I love dearly, who asks. When are we going to buy a real world class sticker? Joseph isn't cutting it. Um, ben, look, if, if you're relying on Joseph to be a sticker that's world class for you, uh, one, I'm not sure where you got this sticker. Was it the team store? Was it like Redbubble? Something like that. I don't know. But if you're looking for a, re- a world class sticker, uh, you, you've got to go somewhere else. You've got to go somewhere else because look, Atlanta United is just churning out crap. They know you're going to buy it. They know if they put it in this team store, you're going to put it on the back of your laptop, whatever, if you if you buy that sticker. Um, just move on, Ben. It's a, it's just a pretty, move on. It's a pretty inflammatory statement. I mean, especially considering, like, you know, Miles of the South has stickers. They do. Before Dark has stickers. They pretty do. Sure. And Patreon. 
I'm pretty sure pretty sure just about every Atlanta United podcast has stickers of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, we don't have stickers though, because we're an H dad and we don't. We are morally superiorly superior to, to uh, everything in existence. <laughs> yeah. At least that's I, how we see it. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. I Perfect. when we I'm, you probably don't know this. I mean, you have a you have a guitar, and I have my hand on a Bible. Because, you know. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, my guitar, my guitar is playing four chords, and they're all for Jesus. So you know what? We are playing C. We are playing G. We are playing a minor. E minor. We are playing D, and we okay. are getting the hell out of here after singing "Oceans" for the four hundredth like, time. It sounds like you're playing some Pearl Jam. Oh no no no. I'm playing some Hillsong because we are morally superior. God bless you, everyone. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm sick. I'm drunk. Let's go. <laughs> um, this one is from Zaddy Smith at The Silly Man. How'd you, how'd you pull that one, Zaddy? How'd you pull that handle? Anyway, uh, he asked, why does Andrew Carlton ever get to play soccer? Andrew Carlton doesn't get to play soccer because he's 17. Andrew Carlton's going to be there, guys, at some point. Uh, I wish he was in more, especially in situations where we are up and it seems like a pretty done deal. Uh, But Kevin Kratz has to make his contractually obligated appearances. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where it's it's, it's not super viable to put him in in every game. Uh, But it'll happen, I think. Hopefully, I keep telling myself this. It'll, it'll, It'll happen, right, Joe? My take on this is that, and maybe this is putting too much faith or trust in Tata Martino, but my take on this is just that if Tata Martino wants him to be on the bench and go through these experiences and that that will be what's best for Andrew Carlton, then I'm totally cool with it. Right. And especially if you saw the Atlanta United 2s play last night, I mean, I would not want my top prospect to kind of be involved with that shit show. No, I, I wouldn't think so. They lost six one last night. They lost six one, and it's just team. well, not it looked like, it looked like they lost six one. Like it was just right. cohesive. Um, it was just it was a lot of individual play. And we don't want to upset Scott Donnelly because how how dare we upset Scott Donnelly? Right, but, right, and he has a tough job, no no doubt. But um, but it, I it, think it, it's hard to feel like people are developing. Like Chris Do- Chris Goslin has been on the bench the last few games. He's not gotten yeah. better, I guess. And yeah. that's super concerning. It is concerning. It is for sure. And you know, and that's the thing where it's like I would rather have Andrew Carlton traveling with the team, being on the bench, feeling like he's on the verge of breaking in rather than being in that environment. You know what I mean? Because I feel right like now, that yeah. will give him more motivation and more like, I feel like, yeah, he'll be getting closer to game time to getting minutes in the situation he's in now, as opposed to, you know, playing with the Atlanta United twos. And I'm sure at some point, like if he needs, you know, fitness or, you know, just some, some mat gets some match sharpness, he'll play there. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he won't play there again this season, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just fine. I'm fine with him. If he doesn't get in the game, that's okay. But if I, obviously we all, I think we both definitely want to see him play, but For if sure. not, it's cool. Yeah. I just want him around us so I can keep interviewing him. 
I love I love going over to Andrew in the locker room and just just kind of shooting the shit for a little bit. You know, he's great because he's awesome and he kind of lets us do that. He loves dirty South soccer. He he is slid into our DMs asking <laughs> yes. asking for pictures because he's the man. We love yeah. Andrew. We love Andrew, and it's so refreshing sometimes to go over there and talk to him and not you know ask the same three questions we asked to wrestle or Nagby every game. Right, know? right. Um, I, I think it was the Orlando game last game where we just kind of went over and, and talked to him for a few minutes and he was very receptive and very, very thoughtful about his answers and just good to talk to. And I, and I think because he's 17, he doesn't have like that the, filter. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have that media seasoning. Um, he's more, he's really just telling you what he thinks and that's, that's refreshing. You, you can, as a journalist, you can feel it right away. You can right. tell if you're going to get canned answer or not. And I'm a younger dude, and I look younger, you know. And so when I when I go over to him, he's kind of like, "Oh, hey, man, what's up?" You know, instead of like, "Hello, sir, let me give you some answers here today." Right. Um, and, and that's that's super fun and just enjoyable to be around. Um, so yeah, we, must we be, obviously must want be. Andrew to. <laughs> sorry, Joe. <laughs> uh, we we obviously want Andrew to to be in because we really enjoy him as a person. Um, and, and it just comes from a really good family and all that kind of thing. Uh, and, and I think it will happen. Um, and we wish it would happen more sooner because we're fans and that's just what we do. Uh, but we have to be patient. If, if he's in the match day squad, it's a good sign to me. Yes, for sure. For sure. If he's one of the 18 best players in this system on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, then that's good. Mm-hmm. And that's all we need him to be right now. Because he's seventeen, and I do think I think he will get some significant playing time towards the end of the season. That's just my hunch. Okay, and by significant, I don't mean I don't know if he'll start a game or something, but like I think he'll start getting routine minutes off the bench, and that's towards the end of the season. If Atlanta United has like clinched supporter shield, I'm talking like the last few games um, when things are clinched, the team's kind of preparing for the postseason. I think he'll get some run. Okay, I dig, I dig. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I agree. This okay, that's fine. Front. I think Tata will go after the supporter shield as much as he can, um, even if we have clinched playoffs, all that kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I don't expect Red Bulls to go away anytime soon. That's not true. Totally. I forgot that. I forgot that Red Bulls are actually like technically probably like they're they might be better at this point. Like if they won the rest of their games, they would win the supporter shield. They're, they're they would. They're on a they're on points, points for game. the games in hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and they play true. NYCFC uh, tomorrow night or tonight, if, if you're listening on Sunday, uh, Hudson River Derby there. I fully expect them to thrash NYCFC as always, because that's just how things seem to work. Uh, they did lose Jesse Marsh, of course, this week. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. It was really low key for maybe the, the second best coach in MLS, not named Tarta Martino, to just kind of leave like that. Um, yeah. That did happen. It's funny funny like mls soccer it's so funny because mls soccer is such a huge driver of editorial content for the league right mm-hmm. like you've got like these matt doyles and bobby warshaws and all these guys who kind of help drive the discussion of the league there isn't that much independent media um, right. involved and so when there's something that they don't really want to publicize too much like one of their top coaches leaving um that's not going to get as much run so yeah it has kind of gone a little bit under the radar for sure, for sure. 
Um, so just keep an eye on that. We'll see if they falter any. Of course, NYCFC lost Patrick Vieira as well. Uh, so that's two. That's the two other coaches in the league that can challenge Tata Martino as far as, as clout, as far as tactical ability. I think that's well, at least in the Eastern Conference. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, sorry, excluding James O'Connor, um, he said. Completely joking about Orlando City's new coach. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what changes for the two New York teams going forward. I Yeah, uh, actually, Egan and Kevin Egan and Dan Gargan had a good discussion on this after the game. I don't know if you caught this on the post-game show, but they were discussing it, and I think they both had good points. Egan was saying that, you know, the New York Red Bulls might, might – um, it might affect them less in the short term because they are just going with their assistant coach who will do the same exact thing. You know, he's been involved. He's seen uh, Marsh's training methods. And so he can just kind of keep that system going as to where uh, I almost said Manchester city, New York city FC Basically. is bringing in Dominic Torren, who's from a different club. Yeah. I mean, he is from Manchester city and, um, but it's, there's going to be a little bit different, but he might be better for them in the long run. But then Gargan had a good point saying, yeah, but, uh, Rebel New York is much younger and it's going to be might be more difficult for those young players to you know go through this transition as opposed to a more veteran squad like NYCFC so we'll see for sure I think it's going to affect both of them regardless yeah I, I can't imagine it helping in any way <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> but will things stay at status quo we'll find out we'll find out Um, This next question comes from Sam Bethune at IamSam45. He asks, was tonight's magical goal something we should continue to expect with a healthy Tito? Sam, I would answer that, but again, I have no idea what happened. Well, the thing, the thing is like Tito just kind of finished it (laughs) off. He didn't, he didn't really, he wasn't really that involved in the buildup. I don't think so. Um, But I mean, I would expect Tito to, ramp up I think he's looked better and better since he's been back and I thought he was really he played really well tonight he drew some he drew one foul right out of the box that they didn't call that uh Elfath the ref did not call but I thought he got clearly bowled over um and I just thought he was really good I thought he was really clever kind of he's a right-footed player obviously playing on the right side but he there was a ton of space for him tonight inside in 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 the channel like right inside to his left and he was cutting into that into that space which was kind of interesting to see a player like cut in mm-hmm. he was still on his right foot like he had the ball on his right foot but he was still cutting in from the right to the left so it was, it was a little weird looking but it was working very well for um, sure and i thought he looked really dangerous you know a, a healthy tito is a happy atlanta united at this point mm-hmm. for sure and, and we were a little worried about him coming off the the cramp at dallas uh of course it was just a cramp so we were happy to find that out and let him continue to do Tito things from here on out. And again, he, he supplied a lot for Elena again tonight. And it's just so much of what he does as far as just stretching the defense, having that speed out there is so important to what we do as a team. Uh, even when he's not, you know, getting on the end of amazing team goals that Sam can't see because he lives in a trash town uh, with a whole bunch of hillbillies. Um, you know, it, it's everything else he does. You can yeah. see the dynamism in the team. You can just see there's like a different he, – he brings a different edge to the team. For sure. For sure. Um, so maybe not uh, – we're not going to see a magical goal that Sam can't see every game with Tito, but we're going to see 
more. I think we're going to see better play from the team overall. Yep. Can we get to this next question? Because I really want to talk about it. Uh, from Turf I'll Street? Read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, from Turf yeah, Street. He it. says, is there a position Gressel can't play? Throw him in between the pipes for shits and gigs. <laughs> it's funny. That's my uh, fancy football team name, shits and gigs. Nice. Um, yeah. Gressel, I'm just, I was like overwhelmed with him tonight. Um, he was amazing. He was just amazing. He was perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't perfect. I'm sure he gave away some passes or whatnot, but man, it's incredible. Like the feel he, ha- I was just most impressed with just his, the feel he has for the game and the way he, mm-hmm. he just slots into that position. He hasn't played it hardly at all, except for just like five minute bursts at the end of games or whatnot. And he just looks like he's been playing central midfield all his life. It, like, he, uh, he knows when to cover for teammates. He knows when to take the ball, to carry the ball forward. He knows when to distribute. He knows how to distribute. He knows where to position himself to get into the best places to help the team. Man, just, just great play from him tonight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised because I'm, I think I was kind of one of the people leading the brigade of, you know, saying that we need to be cautious and, and be patient with him as he makes his adjustment. But man, he's just proven me dead wrong. And I'm happy about it. I, I think the comparison between sports is you could look at a baseball and look at a utility player um, to keep it in Atlanta, uh, like an Omar Infante or like a Martin Prado who, who were able to play so many, so many positions and still be affected no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, to use a, a college football reference, uh, just to upset you, I'm going to pick a Michigan player and, and look at, um, oh my God, I forgot his name as soon as I said, the the safety linebacker super hybrid for Michigan. A few oh, years uh, ago. Jabril Peppers? Jabril Peppers. I was going to say Julius Peppers. I was like, that's a, that's a defensive end for the Panthers. That's a different person. Uh, but someone who's just able to play every single position. And that's really rare in soccer more so than the other sports I mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Where, where someone is able to step in a, a, literally any spot and make something happen. Um, if we ever like have a game where Guzan gets a red card and then Khan comes in and gets a red card, you know Guz- you, you know that the Julian is the one going in between the sticks at that point. You just know it's going to happen. Like there's no other option. Yeah. Which is amazing. Lorenzo told us, he told us a couple weeks ago, he was like, yeah, you could probably put him in goal. He'd probably be fine. They, exactly. the, his teammates trust him to do, to play anywhere. It's going to be a bummer when Wolfsburg takes him. I'm just saying. Harris Kriskich from Dirty South Soccer had a great article about, um, about Gressel earlier this week, just kind of talking about his versatility and how it just seems like wherever he's gone in his career, he's been playing somewhere different and he just takes it in stride and, you know. He never, it's basically managers asking him if he wants to try something different. And he just says yes. You know, he just never says no to these opportunities. And and that's how he gets on the field. Do you know he's started all but one game for Atlanta United this season? That is that's just, amazing. That's so I, impressive. I can't even tell you what the one game was. I, I couldn't either. I couldn't either. You know, he's, um, just a, he's just a But just when you think about how the team is like bringing in Darlington Nagby, bringing in... Ezekiel Barco, where is he going to, like, where does Julian Gressel fit in that? They brought in a right back. Well, I mean, he's found a way. He's figured it out. Mm-hmm. So I remember writing this great. big, long thing about how Gressel was never going to start again uh, at the, the the beginning of the year. And that yeah. has obviously been proven to be That's how it felt at the beginning of the year. Than, yeah, exactly. And I remember, I remember he had a really poor preseason. 
And I was just thinking I was, I was thinking the worst for him. Yes. And man, he's just stepped it up in a very big way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love you, Julian. Love you. Uh, next question comes from Scott at Scott P O zero five zero one. Jesus, Scott. It comes from Scott. Um, he, he asked Sam Salerowitz man of the Got match question mark. And then he asked, and why is Escobar? Why is Escobar Joe Patrick? Why is, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess Escobar is Scott's man of the mat or Lorenowitz man of the, of the, of the night. Lorenowitz man of the night. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I mean, we've already, we've but, already talked about Escobar, right? He was, oh, I mean, he was great. He was fine. He was. But why is Escobar? It's a philosophical question. Exactly. Why, no why, why is any of us? Why is sun? Why is moon? Why is trees? Why is water? Why? Why? If you figure out the answer, though. Why? It's the Da Vinci Code. Illuminati. According to Orlando City, anyway. Everything's (laughs) Illuminati. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) If anyone hasn't seen that tweet where they... um, um, Unbelievable. Um, what is that building? Is that like somewhere okay. in no, Los Angeles? I've done some research. It is in Orlando. It is called the Eyesore on I-4. It is some building. <laughs> <laughs> yes, take that in for a moment. It is some building that they just like can't fucking finish because they're morons and like no one at UCF knows how to do an engineering. Um, so... Yeah, I, I guess it was I funny for like five hundred people who got it. I honestly thought their their social account got hacked that day. <laughs> was that Friday? I think. Yeah, it sounded like a. It was like a joke from ten years ago. You know, like why are like Taco Bell in their commercials makes <laughs> Illuminati jokes at this point? Like yeah. who's still making Illuminati jokes besides corporations? Well, my favorite part was just all the responses they had to people. Their own fans were coming at them saying, how can you say this when we haven't won a game? And they were tweeting them memes and stuff. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and their social I, team is coming back, is clapping back at them like, oh, yeah, you're so cool. Team. We already got burned by that. Yeah. Creative. <laughs> Someone already <laughs> called us a dumpster fire. Loser. <laughs> yeah. They play. They play LAFC at 11 p.m. tonight. We're recording this about 10 o'clock, so you guys will know the the result of their horrible, horrible loss to LAFC uh, by the morning. Um, by the time this comes yeah. out, so keep an eye out for that. It's, a, it's so beautiful. And it, keep an eye out for the Illuminati. Everyone's still stuck in 2008. Honestly, Orlando, Orlando is so good to us. Like. They are a My experience as an Atlanta United fan is so much better because Orlando exists. Exactly. They're so instantly hateable. Yeah. Like everyone from Nashville seems kind of cool. And like, we're probably going to get along with them. Right. They come totally. in the league. Yeah. Uh, everyone in Orlando is immediately like a person you would, you would hide your kids from at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. The Orlando. Yeah. Orlando, they like bring like frozen Bubba burgers to a to a to a cookout. 
No, no, no. Orlando brings coleslaw with raisins in it. Okay. <laughs> like, why? Why, Tammy? Why, Tammy from Orlando, did you decide to do this? God. In, in the Publix packaging still, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Publix, the, the national headquarters of Orlando. Maybe uh, the only good thing to come out of Orlando. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Got to love a pub sub. All right. Let's go. Uh, I think this is our last question from Andy Watkins, 80. Uh, Andy, nice to hear from you. He says, uh, please explain what Voodoo Joseph knows about helping someone recover from a nut shot. This was interesting. I'm glad <laughs> Andy brought strange. this up. Did yes. you see what was going on here? I didn't quite understand what Joseph was trying to do, but I did see Andre yeah. Blake take one square to a uh, an unpleasant area. Right, but I'm talking about what Joseph did after, which he's doing the butt. He's like, he like, he grabbed him by the butt and was like lifting him up. <laughs> like a... It was very strange. It was like a yoga pose or something. He was like he was like trying to put him in a yoga pose. Ancient Venezuelan secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So who, that's the, who knows, man? Who knows? That's the thing. When you grow up playing in the streets, you don't have you don't have magic spray. You don't have you know. You don't have. Uh, you just got butt lifts and kegels. That's all you got. It's <laughs> the only thing that can help you at that point. Anyway, <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I think we've covered every, every thought I had about the game in this discussion. This was good. This was good. I mean, uh, we, it took a while. Uh, we had a lot of questions to get through and we did. I thought we covered the whole gambit of, uh, the whole gamut, I should say of, of, uh, things to talk about from this game. So excellent. But we haven't talked about our Lorenowitz man. You want, you want to do that? No, no, no. Our, person that you did not notice tonight that you may not have noticed as being a central a key part of Atlanta United's 2-0 victory tonight over Philadelphia Union is Jillian Gressel. Jillian Gressel was good. I mean, Joe, Joe talked about it a little bit. Jillian charged right in to the, the forefront of tonight's battles. Fought them well. And came out on top. Because Julian, Julian's a winner, y'all. That's all he is. He's a winner. Yes, sir. That's That was mine, too. We, we agreed on this one. So, Julian Gressel, congratulations. Your $100 check is in the mail. That's what we said? No, that was just oh. a joke about the Kent Nugent commercial. Uh. <laughs> He's giving away $100. Like, that's not a gift. Dollars. Not, I love, if you watch that commercial closely... He makes Michael Parker say a hundred the, the 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 reward amount both times. What's Ken Nugent never that? says it himself because he's a damn coward. Exactly. What's fun about that is each time you watch it, Michael Parker's soul dies like one one hundredth more. You know, uh, I so. did, it seemed like he was much more enthusiastic about that commercial when I first started watching it, and now he seems like super depressed. Exactly. Exactly. So so prayers, Mikey. Prayers. We're gonna get you out of there one day. Whatever whatever hell you're trapped in, we're gonna sneak you out of that kid music commercial. One call, uh, that's all Mikey. Call us. It looks like we have not gotten the quote sheet in, so no quote of the night, but I will say if we want to quote something, how about Kevin Egan calling Joseph Martinez the Venezuelan Viper? Joe Patrick, I think we should get quick. that. 
Real quick, I want you to explain your particular presence in this newfound piece of Atlanta United lore because the Venezuelan Viper is here to stay. Yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Kevin. I'm. Uh, I wrote a story about Joseph um, that uh, is super top secret because it hasn't published yet. Um, but it hopefully will be coming out soon. And in it, I interview Kevin Egan, and we were talking about Joseph. Um, I was kind of explaining some of the things that you know characteristics I see from Joseph, and that got Kevin to leading to start talking about some of the things he sees about Joseph, and he goes. You know, it's, he's just he's just amazing. You know, he he can strike with in in the blink of an eye like a viper. He's like the Venezuelan viper. Hey, I just came up with that right now. How about that? That was pretty good, huh? <laughs> I was just like, wow, this was like watching a Da Vinci paint a painting in front of me. It was incredible. Just Ugh, beautiful hearing Kevin Egan come up with that on the spot. That's just like you know, witnessing genius in action. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, and you were there. Get that going. And you encouraged. I was it. there. You were part of it. Instead there. of a quote of the night, Joe Patrick, what was my tweet of the night? What 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 stood out to you from my performance? Oh, without a doubt, it was the tweet about buying Apple stock. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, great, great. I don't even know what that tweet was. What was that tweet? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact details. I think we were like, I think it was something about hanging off a cliff, and we could either fall off the cliff. Or we could pull ourselves up and jump into a time machine that helped us buy Apple stock. Um, That's right. And so this game go was, one way or the other. This game was going to go one of two ways. Like three people yep. liked it. That was it when was, it was hanging in the balance in the first half, and it really right. could have gone either way. Yeah. I, I always try to be as esoteric as possible for you, Joe Patrick. Just you. Mm-hmm. Just you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that'll wrap things up here from Five Strike Final. Let's go ahead. And get some shout-outs in. Shout-out to Lucy Dacus. Shout-out to Saba. Shout-out to Kyle Morton. Shout-out to Phoebe Bridgers. Shout-out to Lindsey Jordan of Snail Mail. Shout-out to Stephen Malkmus of Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks. Shout-out to Robin Pecknold of Fleet Foxes. Shout-out to Big Boy. And shout-out to LeVar Burden. LeVar, I know you're listening. Shout-out Jorge Thieler. Shout-out Justin Vellhaus. Shout-out Boy Scouts of America. Shout-out Kev- shout Kevin Egan. Shout-out Julian Sekovitz. And shout-out Dan Gargan. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Them five stripes is hell, don't they? We'll see you next time on Five Stripe Final. I'm Jason Jones. Joe Patrick from Jersey Soccer. Is over there. Say bye, Joe. Bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, please don't, please don't speak. You're